have community in a village and how that's so much more important than the stuff or like the, you know, you can only be so prepared for pregnancy, the education behind it, it's, it comes down to the village. Welcome to the Soulful Sessions podcast with your host, Desiree Michelle. I am a holistic wellness practitioner, lifestyle, business, and empowerment coach, soulful entrepreneur, yoga teacher, and forever student of life. Each week on this podcast, I will be bringing you a guest or a message to support you in feeling empowered, embodied, and inspired to connect more deeply to your own version of soulful living. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Soulful Sessions. So we have a really exciting and amazing episode today with our beautiful Charlotte Kingston. So Charlotte is a digital nomad and conscious young mama who is currently living on a tiny island just outside of Bali. She is a beautiful baby girl named Hadley Rose, and she loves to spend her time adventuring, exploring, and connecting with like-hearted people. So today we are going to be talking about all things to do with conscious pregnancy and motherhood, following your heart, and making aligned decisions. So without further ado, welcome here, Charlotte. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I've got a little babe on the boob right now, and that's kind of fitting to exactly what we're going to be talking about. So if you guys hear any noises right in the microphone, that's where she's at. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to have you here. So I'd love if you don't mind just sharing a little bit more about who you are, what you do, and just kind of how you got into living this lifestyle as well for anybody who doesn't know you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I am 22 years old, about to turn 23, about to celebrate my second COVID birthday (laughs) over here on this island, which is crazy to believe that it's been over a year. Um, I moved out to Indonesia. I guess I should start by saying I traveled here following um, a breakup from a long-term relationship back in 2019. I fell in love with this tiny little island called Gili Trawangan. It's like two kilometers by three kilometers. So you can bike around the whole thing. You could walk around the whole thing. Um, Just fell in love with the atmosphere and the energy of this beautiful place. And I determined that I was going to live there one day. Um, Had not really much of a plan in mind. I was like running out of money when I traveled here trying to figure out how I would make all of that work and live here. But I just set it as my intention that this was 100% going to happen. Um, went back to Canada. I'm from Canada and worked a little bit over the summer, was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted for my life and what things were going to look like and putting it out there, telling everyone that I'm moving to this little island. And I manifested this beautiful business opportunity with my now best friend, Aubrey, um, who actually also lives out here now as well. Uh, We started up a movement called Dreaming Bigger, Living Louder, full of individuals who are really wanting to break outside of their comfort zones and create a new normal for themselves and just really allow themselves to dream and aspire to live a life that not a lot of people really think that they can. Um, So it's been so beautiful. Our first like year and a bit now of that movement, it's completely taken off. Um, I moved out to the island November, 2019, right when I was starting everything 
had really not made any money yet, but just <laughs> was so firm in that belief and it took off right away. And it's just been growing so beautifully ever since then. Um, so that has been a beautiful journey business-wise, but what I'm really excited to be talking about is motherhood and something that I did not expect, although I've always wanted to be a mother, did not expect this to be my path at this stage in my life, especially um, you know, being single when I moved out to the island and did a lot of my own personal growth and healing. Um, very quickly fell in love, got pregnant, uh, found out I was pregnant right at the beginning of lockdowns and everything and had to make a really tough but also easy in a way which I'll talk about uh, choice to stay out here rather than go back home for the pregnancy um, so since then that was March 2019 that I found out I birthed my beautiful baby girl in November 2019 or sorry 2020 <laughs> um, and now here we are in 2021 um, I've got a four and a half month old incredible baby um, and embarking on a road to single parenthood now. So there's a whirlwind of events throughout all of that um, that I'm sure we could go more into. But basically, I've ended up just embracing the journey of motherhood, embracing the ups and downs of the waves of life, knowing that I really never could have predicted what was going to happen when I got out here. I never could have predicted, none of us could have predicted what this past year has looked like. And I'm just learning to roll with it. And it's brought me the most beautiful miracle. And I'm just so in love with being a mother. So I know that that was where my path was meant to lead. And I'm exactly where I'm meant to be, rocking my little baby and talking to you. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And honestly, I think that the listeners can probably already tell that you are somebody who isn't afraid to follow your heart, or even when you are afraid, you always tap into your heart's calling and your soul's calling. And that's really one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today, because I think that that is such a beautiful way to live life. And I think it's so inspiring to people as well, because so much of the time, you know, we can let our limiting beliefs or pressure from society or just what we think our life is supposed to look like get in the way of what is actually happening. And I know that this is such a cheesy quote, but I truly love it, um, that life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. And I know that that's something that I think that you also live your life by. So um, I know that you weren't really planning on, you know, being out in a place that's so far from home for you and giving birth to a baby and entering into you know, single motherhood as well. Um, I know that none of that was your plan when you moved out there, but I think that you've just handled it all with so much grace and really open arms and an open heart. So that is so beautiful. Um, I also know that you have been able to really make the decision to have a conscious pregnancy. You've read lots of books around motherhood and natural birth before bringing your beautiful baby girl Earthside. And I would love to just hear a little bit more about what it was like for you um, giving birth naturally and just all of your experiences with natural pregnancy, natural birth, and really conscious motherhood so far. Yeah, thank you. I absolutely love that quote about life is what happens while you're making other plans. It's something that I really sunk into um, back when all of this craziness in the world kind of started happening around this time last year and then finding out that I was pregnant. Um, 
it just was this massive lesson in letting go and letting they say let go and let God like letting go and just letting life do its thing and of course having visions for myself and dreaming and you know really having a solid plan and goal of like where I'm wanting to be but just kind of letting it happen and unfold the way that it's meant to so it's quite a balancing act of manifesting and calling all the right things in but then also knowing that everything that's happening is happening exactly as it's meant to for whatever lessons I need to learn and I've learned quite a few lessons in the last year as I'm sure a lot of us have um but as far as conscious oh my goodness conscious pregnancy looking back now, I feel like I'm in the conscious mothering zone and conscious pregnancy feels like a past life. Um, but we can tap back into that a little bit. A book that I came across actually while I was pregnant, um, it's called A Modern Woman's Guide to a Naturally Empowering Birth. And there are lots of different books out there on conscious birth, conscious pregnancy, but I found that this one was a really good opening book to um, just kind of hear a lot of different stories. They had a lot of different um, people come in and share quotes or things that helped them, um, just lots of different aspects to it. So I feel like it's such a well-rounded book for anyone who's new to the world of, um, you know, natural birth, conscious birth, conscious pregnancy. Um, and the woman who wrote the foreword for that, so that book is by Katrina Zavlovsky, if I'm saying that correctly, the woman who wrote the foreword to it Dr. Sarah Buckley wrote an incredible book called Gentle Birth, Gentle Mothering that I absolutely loved as well. And then the woman who wrote the foreword for that, as you can see, they're all connected. And this is probably why I love them all. Um, Ina May Gaskin is um, a world-renowned midwife. She is incredible. Um, she wrote Spiritual Midwifery and a couple other books. Um, so she's incredible. So those three books are kind of all connected in the sense that <laughs> they wrote each other's uh, forwards and just have very similar views on pregnancy and birth. So for anyone listening to this that's wanting to get into a little bit of reading around that type of stuff, I really recommend just starting with that natural empowered birth one. Um, but yeah, I just really soaked into knowing that as crazy as it was to be pregnant on a teeny tiny island in the middle of a pandemic away from my family at a young age, um, I really just allowed it to be this message to slow down and have such a, an intentional pregnancy. And I think that that's why looking back now, as much as I love my family and cannot wait for them to finally get to meet um, this new little member of the family when I go over to Canada shortly, um, I am grateful to have had this pregnancy to myself, to just have had that first experience of it be my own and, um, you know, like I said, as much as I love my family, love my mom, I know that there would be a lot of hovering and a lot of like, um, you know, just absorbing other people's ideas around birth and their experiences and everything. So to just get to be out here on my own and create this idea in my own head of what, how beautiful birth can be, how beautiful pregnancy can be, um, how beautiful motherhood can be, and just be surrounded by that and put myself in that energy and soak into it all, slowing down, reading, um, and just really tapping into my own feelings around all of it rather than absorbing others. So I really just believed that this is such a miracle that I never would have gotten pregnant if I wasn't meant to experience this. And this is exactly what my baby wanted. This is exactly why she chose to come here at this time. Um, and I, I just loved, I had always heard of 
um, water births. I don't even remember where I first heard of water births, but I loved the idea of just allowing my body to do what it's meant to do and flow in the ways that it needs to throughout birth. So I like immediately knew that I wanted to have a home water birth and I started getting all of that together and um, found myself this incredible midwife who I could talk about for this entire podcast episode. She is an absolute godsend. Um, and I met her so divinely. She's Canadian as well and was living in Bali. It was just so incredibly perfect. And she's like a part of our family now. Um, so just everything kind of felt together when I had that intention of what I was wanting, this beautiful natural birth. Um, and knowing that my mind had so much power over how that experience would go, but also that whatever happened, it was going to be okay. I was going to get through it. And, you know, all the women before me that had done this as well. So I just felt so as far as I am away from everyone else in the world, like really on the opposite side, um, as far as I could be from Canada, I felt so deeply connected to all the women in my life, just through knowing that they've, they've either done this or might do this or know someone who's done it. And it's just being, being in it and knowing that my mom has done this before and her mom has done this before just gave me so much appreciation for women in general. Um, we're incredible. Our bodies are incredible. What they do bringing life through this spiritual portal into the realm of earth is just incredible. I can't even wrap my mind around it. When I look at her and remember that she was grown inside of me and she's now laughing and looking up at me, gazing into my eyes. It's, it's an absolute miracle. That is so beautiful. And I love what you said about how your pregnancy really allowed you to feel connected to all the other women who have gone before you. Um, I really think that in, you know, the Western culture, we have really lost touch with that element of life. I think that so many things have just become very clinical, including the experience of birth. And that's not to say, you know, that there's anything wrong with modern medicine. I think that there's a place for it for sure. But um, it's interesting how, you know, you said that having a water birth just seemed like the most natural thing for you. And I can think about my own experiences, like as long as I can remember, I've wanted to be a mom. I'm not yet. Um, but I know that whenever I thought about what it would be like to be a mother and to be pregnant and to go through pregnancy, something that I was always so fearful of was the actual experience of giving birth because I feel like my whole life, all that I was really exposed to was these traumatic sort of scenes on TV or in movies of mm -hmm. women giving birth and just having absolutely horrible experiences or Where their water breaks and then they're like rushing them in an ambulance. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. like a, yeah. I heard something actually, sorry to interrupt, but that um, birth, let me get this right. Um, pregnancy is not an illness and birth is not an emergency, but we treat them as such. We treat it as if it's not something that has been happening since the beginning of time. And I am absolutely grateful for modern medicine where it needs to be. But as you said, it's not always used when, it, you know, for an intentional reason. Uh, there's a lot of elective C-sections. I could go down a whole road of that, but um, the books that I mentioned, mentioned talk a lot about that. Um, and I just knew like, I, you know, I'll accept help if I need it, but like in 99% of situations, your body's going to do what it's meant to do. It's something that really, really um, helped me was hearing that women in comas give birth naturally 
And I don't know if you've heard that before, but that just blew my mind that women in comas who have like their minds are not conscious in that moment. It's not a mind job. It's not something that you need to think about doing. It's completely 100% in your body and your body will do it whether you're thinking about it or not. So actually the best thing that you can do when giving birth is go into this like meditative state where you're not overthinking it. You're not answering a million questions about things that should not matter in that moment. It's literally shutting the thinking part of your brain off and allowing that primal instinct in you to do what it needs to do. And as someone who's really into meditation and yoga does, you're going to be incredible with just like letting, letting go and getting into that state. Cause it's pretty much the same state that you would be in, in a meditation that you want to be in throughout labor, just letting go. And um, about to get a little graphic here, but this is the best way that I can put it. If you really need to take a poop, <laughs> you don't need to think about how to do it. Eventually it's just going to come out like it needs to come out and you don't really need to push. You kind of just need to let it come out. And I know that we've, you know, we're talking about poop here, love it. But really when it comes to having a baby and poop will be a subject that now you're going to be talking a lot about. Um, and it, it's just really that idea of like your body already knows how to do it. You can't really describe to someone either like what muscles to use or how to go to the toilet. And it it's like that with birth, your body just already knows how to do it. Our bodies were made for this. They wouldn't be designed to like not know what to do and send you into this panic. And so it's crazy to me when birth is treated like such an emergency and something that needs to be interrupted and, and, you know, controlled. And it's just something that should be able to happen so naturally, unless there's a very rare circumstance where you need outside assistance. Um, so that's just something that really, really rang true to me when I was hearing about women in comas giving birth. I was like, I could just not think about it at all and it would happen. So why am I overthinking it so much? Um, and of course you do kind of slip in and out of that, like same with meditation, how different thoughts will pop up and then you have to release them and, and sink back into really finding your center. The same thing will happen throughout birth, but it's just such a spiritual experience of reminding yourself over and over again, that you're safe, that it's okay to let go, that your body knows exactly what it's doing. And it's, it's just so transformative. Wow, that is so amazing. I actually love that analogy. And I think it's, you know, it's something where when you are a parent, you have to get comfortable with poop. So I don't blame you at all for using that analogy. And I think that in general, you will also poop when you give birth, you will. Yeah. Poop. There's no way around it. I promise you, you will. People that say that they didn't, they're lying or the doctors lied to them. They did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that that's where, you know, it's so funny um, when we look at the experience of pregnancy and what women are really taught to believe about what pregnancy is like we don't really talk about any of this stuff like i think that watching you go through your birth experience and being um someone who's your friend who's known about the experiences you've been going through and um just reading about your birth story and your decisions to have a natural birth it was so mind-blowing to me how this was a concept that I felt like was completely new to me when in reality like what you said you know this is something that women have been doing for years our bodies were literally made to do this but mm -hmm. we 
we become very conditioned out of that understanding where I think it, it goes hand in hand as well with the way that in the Western world, so many women are just disconnected from their bodies in general. Mm -hmm. Like learning how to eat intuitively is a very new concept for so many people. Learning Mm -hmm. how to, you know, even tap in in the morning and just ask yourself like, what do I need today? Instead of putting on the pressure to have this rigid and strict routine. I think that it, it all goes hand in hand with how um we have had a very masculine driven society for so long where there's just so Mm -hmm. much structure and so much need for control and the concepts we're talking about are very you know feminine flow like it's really Mm -hmm. leaning into that feminine energy of allowing and trusting and um really trusting your body and connecting to that intuition so that is so beautiful and I'm so glad that you shared that as well because I can imagine that there are people who are listening who are inspired by this but are also excited to learn more and maybe open their mind if they haven't already thought about Mm -hmm. these different ways of doing things. So thank you. Yeah, 100%. If I can actually speak on that for one second, I I love what you said about that we are kind of disconnected from our bodies typically and in our modern day society and kind of losing our roots a little bit if we're not intentionally choosing to reconnect in nature. And, you know, we, we spend a lot of time inside versus what it used to be like. And there's so many different aspects to it. Our food is not what it used to be. So we have to be really intentional these days now to, to even get pregnant, right? Like some people need to, you know, really cleanse their bodies in order to put them in a state to be able to perform this miracle that is just a natural part of who we are. And so I think that then we have this limiting belief that our bodies are failing us when in reality, we're actually failing our bodies in a lot of ways. Um, And that was something that I, I realized too, when I kind of intentionally looked at the types of foods that I was eating and, you know, we're, we're not perfect. I definitely gave into <laughs> some cravings uh, here and there and, you know, more often than I would like to admit sometimes, but just really being aware of it and knowing that like what we are putting into our bodies is fueling our lives. Like this is, our body is a, a sacred temple. And especially when it's a, a home for a little growing miracle in there, like we, we, if we are disconnected from this miracle, the miracle of life, um, our bodies aren't failing us. Like they, they were designed for this. And so just with this idea that we see in movies, like you were saying of, you know, birth being treated as an emergency and there's this woman's screaming at the top of her lungs and someone's pushing through the hospital doors and throwing clipboards around, like, I don't have time for this. (laughs) Um, like in wheelchairs and, you know, just treated like it's such a, an unnatural thing that shouldn't be happening. And it's an emergency that you're going into into labor. Um, When my water broke, I went back to sleep. (laughs) I, I, my water broke at like four in the morning. My midwife told me if your water breaks, you know, go back to sleep, get as much rest as you can, because that means like your big journey is about to begin and you'll want to have lots of energy for it. So get some rest. I actually couldn't really fall back to sleep. I was so excited, but I, I rested. Um, And you know, your water breaking, it doesn't always happen. Um, sometimes there's other signs that labor is coming. Sometimes your water breaks like while you're already in labor. So it's different for everyone, but my water broke and it's just a sign that sometime in the next day or two, the baby's coming, but we just have this image. I don't know if you have this image, but just water breaking all over like the floor of 
the grocery store or something and everyone around calling 911 and stuff like it's why are we conditioned to believe that that's what birth is my water broke and I like went back to sleep woke up had a smoothie bowl like read a book um walked around my garden sat and meditated and connected with my baby and told her how excited I was to meet her and she came later that following night at like 10 o'clock so it, it was not an emergency um but we have this idea in our minds that it has to be and so I think we manifest these experiences that live up to that um and there's a lot more to be said too for why all these interventions become necessary why there's so many c-sections why all of these things um they talk about in the books that I'm reading and um a big thing that they talk about is called the cascade of interventions and it's where it starts with something so, so small. Um, something like being hooked up to a fetal monitor to just, you know, check the baby's heart rate and that type of thing. That seems so um, innocent, you know, something that it's not a massive intervention. Most women would say, sure, hook me up to that monitor. Like, I'd like to know how the baby's doing. Um, but your intuition will tell you if something's wrong with the baby. I absolutely promise that your intuition always knows it's always the intuition something that monitors may not even catch a mother's intuition will have a feeling about um so i chose not to be monitored i chose not to be not to have my dilation checked or anything that would throw off um, my natural flow and something as simple as that because you can have natural births in a hospital um but something as simple as that that seems really innocent can turn into all these other things if you're hooked up to a monitor maybe you can't move into a position that your body's calling you to move into because you're hooked up to a machine or maybe your instincts are telling you you need to walk around because walking is one of the best things you can do when you're in labor if you're laying in a bed you can't do that so it becomes this slow ripple effect of little tiny nudges from your intuition that you couldn't follow because of one simple little thing so all of a sudden laying in bed hooked up to a monitor becomes well now there's all these people around and there's bright lights and animals in the wild, if, when they're birthing, if they notice that they're being observed, their bodies will stop birthing until they get to a safe place with, you know, low light and no one watching them. It's actually a primal instinct for our bodies to stop the birthing process when we're being observed. So bright lights and people that we don't know and people randomly coming in and checking us and being on this monitor, these are all little tiny things that we might say, well, I don't know how I didn't get the natural birth that I was wanting. I didn't plan to go go in and have any interventions but it's this cascade of interventions that then all of a sudden labor slows because we feel like we're being watched and our bodies don't feel safe to birth our babies because you know it's a primal instinct that if you're being watched maybe like a tiger is ready to bounce pounce on your baby when it's born like these are primal primal instincts um so little things like that can then trickle into well my labor is really slow let's you know use some pitocin to speed it up a bit and then pitocin causes your contractions to be really really heavy so then you need an epidural to calm them down and all of a sudden we're in this cascade of interventions that then eventually can end up putting the baby into distress and then we end up in a c-section that we weren't wanting and all the power to the mamas who've been through c-sections i can't even imagine with the recovery and everything that it takes you are so so worthy and have had an incredible journey to get your baby here whatever it took but a lot of people are not wanting that and wanting to do what they can to prevent it and not realizing that it starts with the little little things like making sure that you feel safe in your environment to birth making sure that you you know feel like 
at home, feel, feel in a place where you can be sensual in a place where you can be, um, you know, completely yourself and follow your intuition. Even if it's in a hospital, you can make requests to make that environment suit what you need and you have that power. It's your birth. Um, so I could go off on a whole other tangent about this, but it's just things that people don't realize that we don't talk about that are the reason that medicalized births are becoming so, so common because it starts with such little things like being heavily observed while we're birthing and then our primal instincts just shutting down. And that's just one example. Wow. I absolutely love that. And I'm so glad that you shared because, you know, even listening to you explaining that experience, I was like, wow, I can completely see how that happens so much of the time. And um, I actually have a friend who experienced that um, cascade of interventions, I think is what it's Mm -hmm. called. And You know, I think it's just something where we do need to be talking about these things more and it's all part of um, making empowered decisions, right, is realizing that we actually have the opportunity to make our own decisions with how we want these things to go. But I Mm -hmm. think the lack of conversation around it um, leads to so many people just not having awareness or knowledge or education around what their choices even are in the first place so it becomes Mm -hmm. a very unintentional experience where these things happen and it was never what we wanted but maybe we just didn't know um, the risks or we didn't know the other opportunities and Mm -hmm. um, yeah I think I can imagine so many people listening might even hear that and think like wow this is the first time I've ever even heard of that or you know really heard somebody's experience who did decide to have a natural birth and when you were talking about that I was just imagining myself um, in pregnancy and it was just like holy smokes I cannot imagine something more traumatic than being in that kind of environment when I'm trying (laughs) to give birth like that yeah. just absolutely horrible and it's they so- actually say that um it should be the exact type of environment that you would want to make love in and if you don't feel comfortable with all of these people with lights and stuff watching you make love um because this is an act of love the birth should be an act of love the oxytocin hormone is what gets us through there's that and like the adrenaline and there's just all these beautiful natural hormones that come into play and help help our contractions and help their natural pain relievers. Oxytocin is like the most incredible natural pain reliever that there is just this feeling of love. If you're not feeling that, if you're not sinking into what's actually happening, because there's so much going on, like you, you don't want to birth in a situation where you wouldn't make love basically. So (laughs) I'm not saying that you have to do it at home, but that can be set up. You can get candles, you can get your own playlist going on in a hospital. If you feel safer there for some people, a hospital is the environment they feel the safest in because they like to have that backup option there so um it's not necessarily gonna be at home but I just wanted to add that in that if you would not feel comfortable getting intimate with your partner um this this is going to be an intimate experience and I I had only my midwife my partner and my two best friends in the room and even my friends weren't weren't in the room the entire time they were in and out and I was butt naked in front of everyone like moaning doing whatever I needed to do and I did not care but I probably would have cared if there were some people that I had never met just gazing at me and and treating me like kind of a science experiment so keep that in mind when you're setting up your birth in there 
Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, everyone is so different. Like what's going to make one woman feel at ease might not necessarily be the same for someone else. Um, Some Mm -hmm. people might really like to have that safety net of knowing that they're in a hospital. So I think like everything, it's always important to check in with what feels best for you and what your, you know, ideal safe environment looks like. But even Mm -hmm. when you talk about how you needed to move around and just moan and do all these different things and it was very natural for you I can imagine that a person who is in a hospital environment um you know with lots of strangers that not being able to feel fully comfortable in following their intuitive movement and their needs to bring the baby to um to bring the baby out basically Mm -hmm. it would be definitely very inhibiting and I can imagine that that's part of what might be contributing to people having um, more difficulty with their labor so thank you for touching on that and I'd love to just kind of switch gears a little bit Um, you Mm -hmm. mentioned that you know you you had your baby on the other side of the world from your family and it was something where you were able to actually tap into your own ideas for what you wanted it to be even more because you haven't Um, you didn't have the experience of being around everybody so closely and having their opinions um, about every decision you made just because of that physical distance. How did you feel when you actually found out that you were pregnant and, you know, it wasn't planned and you were so far away? Um, Was there fear around that experience for you? And how did you, you said at the beginning that it was a difficult but also quite easy decision. How did you make that decision for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I, from the time I was, I think, 12 years old, I got this download from the universe. At the time, I didn't really know what that was. But now looking back, I'm like, okay, that was a download. (laughs) This little message from my baby's soul saying, I'm going to be your daughter one day. I just felt this overwhelming feeling of, wow, when I start having kids, I'm going to have a girl first and her name's going to be Hadley. I just always knew new um and so when I found out that I was pregnant and I had talked to my partner about baby names babies in general we were both so overwhelmingly excited to have kids one day but really just kind of thought you know it'll be a one-day thing this is new um and we had talked about the name Hadley and we came up with the middle name Rose together and we just we were like that sounds so right as if it's already happened as if it's already written in the stars and of course it was um and I believe that this little baby wanted to come to earth in a time where the world really needs a lot more light and was just very motivated and determined to sneak her way in here we conceived her in the ocean um and she's the cutest little water Scorpio baby um but she I just looking back at it now and I'm like oh my gosh I you know I've never been pregnant I've never terminated a pregnancy I've never had a a pregnancy terminate itself I've just never experienced looking down at the test and seeing two red lines very very clear red lines looking back at me um so I just had never had that experience and I thought like how did this happen so quickly it's never happened to me before like this is crazy and then I just sunk into this feeling of okay well I've always known I meant to have this daughter and maybe she's trying to come through. Maybe she just knows she needs to be here when, when she's going to come. Um, and of course, looking at her right now, she just woke up and she's just gazing at me. Of course I know now, like 
of course she was meant to be here. I just can't even, can't even imagine it any other way. If I wasn't a mother right now, what would I even be doing? I, I can't picture my life without her. Um, but at the time I just went, I cannot believe this is happening and took a day for myself after finding out the news to let it really sink in, spend some time in nature, went out to the ocean and just kind of prayed on it and asked for signs and said, you know, is, is this Hadley Rose? Is she the one, is, is she trying to come through right now? Is this my baby that's been communicating with me since I was 12 years old for the last 10 years? Like, is this, is this it? This is, this is the baby that has been on my mind forever. And I just got this overwhelming feeling of, of course, or this wouldn't be happening. Um, it was just this reassurance. Um, and actually I was looking up into the clouds when I was asking these questions and all I could see in the clouds was this vision of a lot of hands holding other hands. And it was like this circle of, of hands <laughs> that makes sense. You know, um, these are the ways that I get signs from the universe in the clouds. <laughs> and I just saw this beautiful circle of community and I thought like, what could that mean? Does that mean adoption? Am I supposed to give this baby up? Like, what, is, what does this mean? Community. And I just really let it sunk in. And it brought me back to what I'm sure we've all heard is that it takes a village. And I realized that I could create a village regardless of where I was in the world by just really manifesting all of that love into my life and into my baby's life and knowing that no matter where I am, I can create beautiful friendships. I can you know, set up a little home base for a little bit because I, I don't plan on being in one place specifically with her maybe ever, um, especially with her having family here, family in Canada. We plan to just bounce around the world and I can still have that beautiful sense of community by letting, letting in all of the love and letting in all of the help and accepting help. And so that became something that I could stand really solidly on is resting assured that no matter where I was, no matter what was happening, even throughout the pandemic, I could create that sense of community, that village. Um, and later on ended up experiencing actual village life and with her dad's side of the family living in an incredibly um, different society and little local town um, with, you know, no air conditioning or anything, no real beds, just kind of little mattresses on the ground and showering with ice cold water buckets, no shower, um, no real kitchen or anything, just living an actual authentic village life and realizing that that was all you really needed, that these people, even though they had nothing, were some of the happiest people I'd ever met. So I've learned a lot, a lot, a lot that I could talk about over the last year of just what it looks like to have community in a village and how that's so much more important than the stuff or like the you know you can only be so prepared for pregnancy the education behind it it's it comes down to the village it comes down to the aunties that will grab her so that you can sleep for an extra hour or the people that the women that share stories of their birth experiences for example or that have these beautiful natural remedy ideas for like when your baby's teething, just all of these things you don't think about. If you have a village, if you have community, and it could even be an online community. I joined a couple due in November 2020 Facebook groups as well. And those have been incredible. And it's just allowing yourself to receive, receive love, receive care, receive help, receive whatever it is that you're needing reminds you that regardless of where you are in the world, you are not alone. And 
this baby is just so incredibly loved. Sometimes it's almost overwhelming to me how many people in the world love her because I feel like I need to be in a million places at the exact same time. But knowing that we're where we're meant to be and we're always receiving that love and just so open to letting it all in throughout our lives together, throughout her life. Um, it's been the biggest game changer in the world. And I've just had such a beautiful community here. And I know that I'll have one in Canada and really wherever I end up in the world, we will call in that, that sacred community. That is so amazing. I think that you shared something really valuable, which is that, you know, no matter how much education we have or how prepared we try to be, how much of the baby stuff we get, or if we paint the room or, you know, if we do all the things that, allow us to think that we are ready um if we don't have that community you know it's a totally different experience and i think we live in a time where we're very focused on individualism like the self-help and the self-motivation self-empowerment um we are all about like doing things yourself and i think that there's beauty in that but at the same time i think that we have really lost that connection to a greater sense of community and it's beautiful that you got to have that experience living in the village and just having a very different way of life I can imagine than what things are like in Canada um, mm -hmm. so I'd love for you to share a little bit more about how you think a a woman or anybody who mm -hmm. has a baby and is maybe a single mom or doesn't really have that support whether it be from her partner or um, an in-person community. I know you mentioned you joined some Facebook groups, but what would you say, um, what would you say was the most helpful thing in raising your child so far with that sense of community and mm -hmm. some steps that maybe you'd recommend somebody take if they're looking for more support with their parenting experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I would say one of the biggest things that comes up for me is your birth team. Um, and for me, that included a midwife. For some people, it includes a doula, who's basically like a mindset coach around birth specifically. So basically, your little cheerleader that's there helping you stay calm, um, anything that you need mindset-wise, just holding space for you energetically. My midwife was kind of both. She was so incredible. Like, like I said, could speak on her forever. She did postpartum visits with us. Like She was at our house all the time. We didn't need to go anywhere she did spiritual healing energetic healing leading up to the birth to clear any traumas and make make space for this baby to come so divinely um so really getting solid on a birth team and I know that I don't know specifics for every country I do know that midwives are covered you can choose to have um what is it an obstetrician I don't even know medical terms because I'm so blowy um an obstetrician or a midwife so you can choose um, to have one of those covered by, um, at least in Ontario. So look up where you are um, and what that looks like for you. But I paid out of pocket. I was like, this is a worthwhile investment for me. Being over here, it wasn't something that was going to be covered for me, but I invested heavily into having the right people in, in my life for that birth. Um, so making sure that the people in your in the room for the birth are people that you feel really comfortable with and then setting yourself up after birth. Um, I think postpartum is one of the biggest things. Everyone's talking about the baby, but who's talking about the mom? Who's making sure that the mom is nourished? Because how is, oh, hi, baby. how is the mom going to support her little one if she is not being supported? Um, and I think that that's 
you know, postpartum depression is a hormonal imbalance as well. But I think that there's a lot of other reasons that those feelings can creep in and a lot of it is not being supported. And another side of it is reflecting on a traumatic birth experience where the woman didn't feel like she, um, she had control of her own birth. So really setting yourself up for postpartum, um, you know, making sure that you have friends or family or someone, don't be afraid to ask for help, like any women in your life. Um, there's websites where you can organize or maybe have one of your friends organize like a meal train where people in your community or neighborhood can sign up to like, if everyone picks one day of the week where they bring you meals for the day and then, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Postpartum, the biggest things are just making sure that you're nourished, that someone is helping you shower, um, go to the bathroom because you'll be healing. Um, and just really, I think that a lot of it needs to be around the mom. So having someone come over and do laundry, um, you don't need someone to come over and hold your baby. You're going to want to snuggle with that baby, but you're thinking like, okay, I need to wash the dishes, do laundry. So it's really going to take some selfless people to come in and do the things that are not as fun as snuggling the new baby, but are exactly what the mom actually needs. She doesn't need someone to really hold her baby unless it's so that she can go to the toilet or something. But though, as a mother, you're going to want to be with your child, especially in those early days. And you're just going to want the other things off of your mind so that you can focus solely on that. And if you're breastfeeding, you're going to need to be drinking lots of water and eating lots of beautiful, nourishing foods. So that's also important and something that you shouldn't have to think about after birth. Um, so don't be afraid to let help in in that sense. Um, Facebook communities for people who don't have a lot of in-person support. Every time, like there's a there's a November 2020 due date group that I was in, but for every month that anyone's due, someone goes and makes a group and then everyone who's due in that month joins it. So there's a few, I think, that are floating around for each month. Um, so whenever you find out when you're due, you can join that group and everyone's kind of like all along the same point in their pregnancies. And now all of our babies are like turning five months old soon. And we're watching our babies grow up. Everyone's asking questions in there. And not everyone's gonna have the same beliefs or views on birth and not everyone's gonna be, some people will be more naturally minded and some people will say like, you need to go to the doctor about that. So it's, you will get differing opinions, but just getting to kind of ask anything in there and observe what's going on with other people um, is really, really helpful. But really just, I think one of the biggest things is sometimes we say, oh, I don't have a lot of support. And some people really may not have a lot of support, but I think a lot of times it's not opening ourselves up to receiving support. So whether it's, you know, not, not wanting to ask or not wanting to um, accept help from someone that maybe you've had a bit of a bumpy relationship with. Maybe you're not super close with your mom, but your mom really wants to help. Let her come over and do some laundry. Like, accept help um, because we really need to learn to fill our cups first as moms before we try and fill everyone else up. Um, and it starts with pregnancy and birth and just ripples on out from there where like, I need to remind myself even now, let someone else take the baby for a walk for a little bit and just do you. So it's, it's a never ending journey of, of learning how to fill your own cup. Mm, wow. There's so much in that. I think that one thing I keep hearing as a repeated theme is that everything is so interconnected and we can easily fall into um, a bit of a ripple effect with whatever decision we make. And um, yeah, it sounds like for you really starting with 
having that community from the start was useful in being able to understand the support or the importance of having that support. Um, So I love what you shared about that. And yeah, I think that there's also a really important point there and the idea of being open to receiving support. And this comes back to what we were talking about earlier, just kind of the messaging in our society right now around needing to do everything yourself, um, that very masculine like leadership energy. And that's beautiful. It serves its place. But I think there is so much to be said for the feminine um, energy of receiving and opening yourself up to receiving. And I think that's a really important point to be mindful of for anyone, like whether you're a parent or soon to be parent or not, um, just really being mindful of in your life where do you have the potential to receive support that you're not being open to if you Mm. feel like you aren't supported and and like you said of course everybody has different situations but I think that was a really great point so thank you for bringing that up and thank Mm. you for sharing and um just in regards to you know some of the choices you've made I think that you've shared with us today so many of the 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 decisions that you've made that maybe haven't been the easiest ones, whether Mm -hmm. it was um, staying in on the other side of the world, you know, when you were pregnant, when you found out, um, choosing to follow through with the pregnancy, or even recently, I know you have um, decided to enter into single mama life. And I'd love to just hear from you as well, like, what is the north north star so to speak that has allowed you to really tap into what is best for you when you're making Mm -hmm. those decisions because I can imagine some of them would have been scary and maybe you would have received a lot of other people's opinions around what you should do so I think it's really courageous to be able to tap into what's best for you and I'd love to just hear how you did that yeah 100 percent I that has been a whole twisting journey of its own. Um, I'll mention where you guys can find me in my posts and stuff at the end of this so that you can kind of go back and maybe read a little bit more about my thoughts around everything and how it's all unfolded. But details I'm choosing to keep private, of course, knowing that my daughter is going to grow up into a world where she might listen back to this one day. And how cool is that, that you're right here, Hattie, and then maybe listening to this (laughs) when you're older. But um, so choosing to, of course, keep specific details private. But basically, I was so incredibly in love and we both both were. And it was this fairy tale, beautiful relationship where in the past, I feel like I've kind of put on a front and faked my happiness to please others or to have a certain appearance on social media, even if it was subconscious that I was doing that. Um, I just wanted to put out this message of like, you know, positive vibes only and everything's great. And, um, you know, not, not wanting to admit when sometimes it wasn't. Um, and sometimes in past relationships, it really wasn't. And with this, I just genuinely put my whole heart out there on the line, fell so deeply. Um, and, you know, shared the ups and downs of it was really vulnerable, shared when it wasn't perfect. And we, would have our arguments and we would work through them and we would always come back to love. And it was so important to me to, you know, I thought the most important thing in the world was to have Hattie grow up in, you know, a family where the the parents were together because we had both come from homes where that was not the case. And I thought, you know, if, if I heal myself and then he heals himself, 
then we won't repeat those patterns that our parents did. And you just really cannot control the things that are going to happen. So when something did happen that was kind of inexcusable in my mind, it was, it broke my heart to have to let go of this idea of like the six following children that we had already named that we were going to keep having back to back because I'm obsessed with pregnancy and motherhood. And, you know, like this Island lifestyle that we imagined for ourselves where he's going to be out surfing with the kids and cutting fresh coconuts and it, you know, it really was hard to let go of, but I had so many signs. Sorry, Hattie's grabbing the microphone right now. One second. Thank you. Okay. So many signs that, you know, our paths were meant to go separate ways when something occurred that, um, you know, I just really wanted to make a choice that looking back, I would be so proud of, um, especially with raising a daughter and knowing that you know, if, if something ever happened to her one day that I wanted to be strong for her and, and have set an example of, you know, never, you know, letting her own happiness be put on the back burner, basically. Um, so it was a really difficult decision to walk away. And it was something I never saw myself doing. Um, but I had actually already been in a relationship, the one that I ended before I first traveled out to Bali, um, a decently long relationship with kids involved. So I was a stepmom as a very young, like 18 year old, um, two, be two beautiful children who I'm actually still incredibly close with their mother and get to have a beautiful relationship with them that way, even though I'm not um, a stepmom role in their lives anymore. And that whole experience of co-parenting with their dad and even with their mom just really taught me so many beautiful things about how it does not matter what the situation is. The kids just need so much love in their lives and it doesn't matter what the labels are and any of it. It's, it just matters that they are loved, that they are supported um, and that they have so much family that are there for them. And so it's taught me a lot. That whole journey I now realize came into my life to, I know I thought it just prepared me to have a daughter of my own because I loved my stepdaughter so dearly, but actually and now realizing that it prepared me for a co-parenting relationship that I'm about to embark on. So it has not been very long, but I'm really proud of us for how mature we've been and how we've really just put Hattie first and put all of our differences aside, anything that happened aside, as hard as it can be when you're hurt and heartbroken, um, to just really do what's best for her. And I'm so excited for her to still get to grow up in the village with his family. We'll come here to Indonesia and travel here every year. And let her, you know, make friends with all the little local kids in the village and learn the language and still go surfing with her dad and then have her summers in Canada and Christmas in Canada and then wherever else we end up throughout the years will just be in an adventure of its own. But really just making sure that that relationship is maintained so long as both parents are wanting to put effort into it and energy and, and be there for her. And I hope that that's always the case from him. Um, so as of right now, we're just really navigating very new waters, but putting love at the front of everything and just really looking back on even videos that we have together. I look back on the birth video and how incredible he was at the birth. And I'm just so grateful that Hadi will always have those memories of how much her parents loved her and how much they poured love over her throughout the whole pregnancy, how, you know, deeply in love they were with each other and that they just always wanted her to be surrounded by that and that will always be the case so it's been so difficult to come to terms with it all but 
it all comes back to community because I connected with other moms in those Facebook groups that had also left and now they're alone with their babies. And I've connected with other women through Instagram. And if you're someone that's listening to this, whether you're embarking on single parenthood or just motherhood in general, my Instagram messages are always open. Um, and I'm so happy to help with anything. If you don't have a sense of community, birth related, pregnancy related, motherhood, all of the above. Um, I just really have found such a new sense of purpose in standing in my truth and showing other women that they can do this. Like our bodies were made for this. And, you know, even if you're on your own with your baby, you can do this. The mother baby connection is like nothing else on this planet. And it's so sacred and special. And <laughs> yeah, it's, do you want to say anything? Hattie, <laughs> seems like, yeah. <laughs> how sweet. <laughs> So you can absolutely do this, whether it's single parenthood or motherhood in, in general. I've just always felt so strongly that I was put on this path for a reason. And this whole whirlwind of a journey and unfortunately our relationship ending has still brought us both the most beautiful baby girl. That's amazing. I think that it's so refreshing and eye-opening um, how you guys have been able to navigate things. And I know it definitely wasn't easy for you and And it always comes back to, you know, anyone who's listening, of course, every single situation is so different, but I do think that it's beautiful that you've been able to really stand in your truth and make these hard decisions, but always honoring yourself because I think that's what it really comes down to when we look at empowerment. Um, We want to be making decisions in all areas of our lives that honor ourselves, and I think this is something that many women struggle with doing um so much of the time we can have people pleasing tendencies and this is something that Mm -hmm. i think quite a lot of people struggle with but i hear it all the time from my clients and i think that when we are able to make these decisions that really honor ourselves even if they are tough ones um we show other people that they can do that too so i love Mm -hmm. about how this has brought you a newfound sense of purpose and just that it's been, you know, a beautiful journey through all of the unexpected ups and downs. And within that, within the experience of being pregnant on the other side of the world, bringing a baby into the world, and then, um, you know, of course, single motherhood and doing all of this so far from your family, how do you think that this has deepened your experience with yourself and influenced your parenting style as well? I have never been more connected to myself and it's interesting to be able to say that. I hope that every mother, new mother is able to say that. Can you hear me over Hattie learning how to talk over here? I can. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's She's just luckily not in. talking. <laughs> oh, and now she found the microphone. Uh. Keep talking over there, baby. Um, <laughs> she is going to grow up in a world of lots of podcasts and community calls and just, it's going to be great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, my wish is for every mother to be able to say that they've never been more connected to themselves. But I know that sometimes, I won't say often, I don't want to, I'm going to rewrite that narrative, but sometimes women can lose themselves in motherhood and feel like disconnected from what makes them who they are. And just in this role of, well, now I'm a mom, so I'm just a mom. And I'm so many things outside of being a mom, but being a mom just feels like what wraps it all together and it's just this warm hug of like doing all of the things and just having this little one learn to do things with me because I think 
a common misconception may be that you have to have it all figured out <laughs> in order to be a parent. And I think the whole point of it is figuring it out alongside our children. I see beautiful places in the world. And instead of going like, I want to keep seeing more places before I have kids, I actually go, wow, I can't wait to bring my kids here one day. Might as well start now. So we're going to start seeing these cool new places together. And, um, you know, sinking into things that I'm truly passionate about, like singing. I've been out singing around the island, like going to acoustic nights and just getting up on stage with her in the rap. And she's like singing into the microphone with me and she's going to grow up that way. And so you don't have to lose all of the things that make you who you are. In fact, you can fall so much more deeply into them because you now have this little soul watching what is it that makes mom mom outside of just being my mom who I'm going to love no matter what, even if she just sat on the couch, I would still absolutely adore her. But it's like, what are the little things that you're doing that light you up and set that example for your children to realize that, you know, they can do anything. Um, so it starts with you. It starts with living that for yourself and not losing yourself. And I have to keep the baby entertained. The baby will be entertained by seeing you live fully. Um, so that's something that I've really, really sunk into is just like reconnecting with myself and knowing that the more deeply I stand in my own truth and honor myself, the better of a mother that I will be. And that's just, that's all it is. It's really just learning through the ways of life with our children, those little things that we can't figure out, we figure it out with them. Um, and even when it comes to like, you know, the traditional idea of having your life together, like being married and having a mortgage and all of those things if you want to do it in that order that's totally cool but um I don't have any of those things I don't have a mortgage I don't have a retirement plan I don't really know exactly where I'm gonna end up and I love that because it means I have this blank slate of just going with the flow and figuring out what's meant for me in each moment and not having this attachment to one set plan just knowing that if I feel called to go somewhere, I can go somewhere. And I know right now that's a little bit trickier. Um, hopefully that loosens up a little bit soon so we can all go places. But right now my intuition is really calling me to go home soon and visit my family in Canada. Uh, regardless of what's going on there, just, you know, getting to allow my mom to meet her first granddaughter, like that's going to be incredible. And there's just all of these elements that I'm just so deeply excited for, regardless of where we are in the world. It's like, I feel at home knowing that I'm home within myself and that I have her and that this is all that I ever need. Um, so it's really also helped me maintain this minimal lifestyle of not, you know, I don't have a nursery that's, that's got like pink paint all over it. I don't have like water, uh, what's it called? Watercolor flower decals and stuff on my walls. Um, I have none of that. I don't even have walls. I'm just wherever. So it's like knowing that all I need is her and, you know, maybe a baby wrap and my boobs and I'm pretty much set to go anywhere <laughs> we end up. <laughs> oh my gosh, Shar, you are such a breath of fresh air, honestly. I feel mm -hmm. like even just listening to that, you know, I'm somebody who is very A-type. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love to feel like I have everything organized and as much as I can be a free spirit, um, you've really been challenging my narrative around like my ideals for parenthood. I've always said, when I think about having a baby, I want to have everything organized. I want to be really stable financially, really stable in my relationship. Like I want to feel like my career has peaked. I want to do all the things before I even consider bringing a baby into the world. And 
it's just so refreshing um mm-hmm. i guess hearing your narrative and and hearing from somebody who has had things not necessarily go to plan but create the most beautiful story from it anyways i think mm-hmm. that's really you know what it comes down to and yeah i just love i love everything that you just said how <laughs> how much it's come down to you really feeling at home within yourself and how much that has changed the way that you experience all of these other things mm-hmm. so in terms of your parenting style i know you mentioned like feeling like your daughter is seeing you do the things that make you you that mm-hmm. is also so amazing and so refreshing um I absolutely love that, and I think that that's a really beautiful way to really lead by example with your children. Um, Mm -hmm. Are there any other things that you feel like this whole experience with the way that your pregnancy and things are just unfolding in general um, has influenced your parenting style? Yeah, absolutely. Um, One thing that I wanted to mention on what you just touched on was that actually one of my favorite things about being a mother and going everywhere with my daughter, I don't let her change anything about the way that I live my life. (laughs) I still stay out late. She just falls asleep on me and I, you know, go anywhere and she's super adaptable because that's the way it's always been. Um, But one of my favorite things about just being wherever I am with her is that everywhere we go, it opens up and holds space for conversations like this with other women. And literally anywhere that I go, it just opens up this conversation of like, am I ready for one of those? This, this is a little bit different than the way I've always seen it. I had this narrative in my mind that having a baby had to be this thing that just ends your life and now you're stuck and you can't do anything. And it challenges that narrative for people. So I love hearing that from you because it really you know, I used to just go everywhere and make small talk. And now I go everywhere and, and spark this, this idea in people's heads of like, oh, wow, this could be different than I imagined it. Maybe I am ready for one of these, or maybe I'm not. But it's, it's allowing that conversation to open up for people um, that might not have been sparked otherwise. Um, so that's been really beautiful. But in terms of just parenting beliefs and things that have uh, run true for me over the last year. Um, one thing that has popped up a lot, and I've heard it in a baby sense, I've also heard it on a podcast talking about parenting older children um, and everything, by the way, all parenting podcasts. I thought I wanted to listen to podcasts about like having a newborn baby, but I realized that a podcast about having teenagers would teach me the same exact lessons that I could apply to anything. And um, I found a really good podcast called Zen Parenting Radio. Um, they've got a like, bi-weekly zen talk thing that they do as well it's live with so that's a a great way to get community um if you look up zen parenting radio but they have older kids they've got preteen girls and I just have loved um taking lessons from that and applying it to everything so what I keep hearing is the idea of a pause and with babies in France they call it la pose where it's not letting your baby cry it out but it's that when your baby is trying to communicate with you, um, just observing and taking like a breath to kind of just feel it out, see what's going on, um, start to get a better feel for knowing what the different cries that your baby makes may mean. Because if you hear a cry and just instantly jump to fix it, um, we're also teaching them that emotions need to be fixed. And I think that 
lessons like that can start from a young age as well. It's really important to allow them to feel those feelings and get it out. Sometimes she literally just needs to get it out for a second. Then she looks up at me and goes, oh, I'm okay now. She doesn't say that, but in, in my head she does. <laughs> and it's just really like taking that breath to pause and observe and get an idea of what's really going on in a situation rather than jumping to try and fix it. So in an older children analogy, they talk a lot about like taking a really good deep breath before you respond to something. So if your child's doing something that you'd rather them not be doing, you know, taking a really solid deep breath to ground yourself before acting on it and dealing with the situation. And I've applied that to so many situations in my life now, even in relationship problems, just taking that breath first to go, okay, how do I consciously want to respond to this? I respond so differently after a good solid deep breath than I would have in the instant without grounding first. So it literally doesn't need to be like, I'm going to walk away from the situation, go meditate and come back. It can be in every single thing that happens. Just having that one solid deep breath where you go, oh, okay, let's deal with this. And you deal with it in a much different way. And it completely has reshaped the type of parent that I'm becoming by grounding first. Um, and like I said, with with a baby crying, for example, ground first, and then really tap into what they're actually trying to tell you, what they're actually feeling. And sometimes she just needs a hug. It's the cutest thing. She'll cry for a bit. I like take a really good deep breath, look into her eyes, her lip kind of quivers and looks up at me and I just hug her and it all falls into place. Whereas if you were just, you know, taking action from that immediate moment of a baby crying, you need to fix it you would be really frantic and they would feed off of that energy. Wow, I think that is so beautiful. And I definitely resonate with what you said about just taking a beat to actually think about how you want to respond to a situation. And this is also something that I teach um, my clients how to do with nonviolent communication and just really actively, consciously participating in the way that they respond to life. Um, I think a big part of this also comes down to just our emotion regulation because when we're stressed, the prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for logic and decision making, actually shuts down. So I think it makes a lot of sense when we look at when people react in a way um, that doesn't really honor their truth and isn't very doesn't feel very good for them. It's usually coming from that place of stress where they're not actually thinking logically. And I think, you know, when we take a beat to just stop and breathe and allow our nervous system to calm down, we're coming out of that state of fight or flight and that stressful state, mm -hmm. coming into that state of the parasympathetic nervous system and really mm -hmm. allowing our brains to actually access their full intelligence. So I well, love and that's what happens during birth as well. Like, yeah. You, whether you believe so deeply as I do in the power of the mind and um, that we're scripting and basically speaking into existence the events that are happening, um, if, even if it's just from a science perspective, if you are birthing a baby and you are so nervous about it, you're so stressed and thinking like, this is going to go wrong and this is going to go wrong, whether you think it's because you're manifesting it or not, um, just on a science level, thinking about how stress makes our bodies tense and how a tensed up pelvic region is not going to allow a baby through. Like, it's just, it, it's all so connected. When we talk about stress, we talk about tension, we talk about taking a deep breath first. Like, 
I, my labor progressed the quickest when I was like sitting on the toilet trying to poop. Here we go talking about poop again, but just letting go, <laughs> sitting, sitting there going like, oh, like just this feeling of release. And when you're in that mode of not even realizing it, but like subconsciously you're going, what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? I heard this story. That's in my head. I've got this trauma. You are so tense. Like you can feel your body tensing up just thinking about all of these things that we're anxious about. And so whether it means that you then manifested a traumatic birth because you were so worried about it, or literally you were just worried about it and tensing your body, a tense body is not going to allow a baby through. And that's why the women in comas just birth these babies because they just do the thing. Um, and something I'm back on the birth topic now, but something that I really loved that I saw was I read a lot of things. I listened to a lot of things. I listened to a lot of podcasts and honestly, nothing helped me more than um, this one post that I read by Kat O'Connor. I think she's the Kat O'Connor on Instagram. Um, she's a beautiful friend of mine and she um, wrote a post about how she asked her mother, who I think has birthed seven or eight children naturally, um, mom, what's the secret? How do, you, how do you do it? Do I do this hypnobirthing course? Like, what did you do? What's the, the secret? And every birth is going to be so different. She was like, there isn't this one thing that you need to know about birth, but all I'll tell you is that you just do it. Like I just did it and you will just do it. And that's what women do. And that stuck with me because she posted it while I was still pregnant. That stuck with me right through my birth that I was looking at my midwife going, oh my God, how do women do this? I'm not going to act like it was this perfect thing that did, I didn't feel anything. I felt exactly what I was meant to feel. And the intensity of it just made meeting my baby so much better. And I was looking at her like, oh my God, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. But yet in my soul, I know that I will because that's what we do as women. We just do it. And with single motherhood, all these single moms that I've always looked up to, I'm like, how do they do it? Well, now I'm in it. And all I can tell you is that we just do. Wow. I love that. And I think that's, you know, it's so funny. Um, I think even when we look at like limiting beliefs, sometimes we try to solve problems in the mind with the mind when that's mm -hmm. not actually the answer. It's a lot of the time the wisdom's in your body and in the doing the thing that you believe you can't do, you prove to yourself that you can. So mm -hmm. I love that. And I think it applies to birth and motherhood and all the things. Um, yeah, I know. Trying to solve the problem in your mind going, how am I going to do this doesn't actually help. I was looking at my midwife for answers and she was just looking at me like, I know. And I was like, are you here to help me through this? But it, like looking <laughs> back, I realized that she was just holding space for me and she was looking at me like, yes, I've done this too. This is birth. This is what it's like it's normal. Yeah. You're going to be okay. And she was just looking at me. I, I have videos and pictures of me looking at her with these like puppy dog eyes, this inner child coming out of me that was just so like, I can't believe that this is happening. Is this real? Like, this is actually how babies come out into the world. Like everyone goes <laughs> through this. And she was just like, yes, this is childbirth. You're, you're going to be fine. And then looking back, she's like, you had one of the most beautiful like births ever. There were no like at the time I was thinking, oh my God, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Is this what it's supposed to feel like? And she was like, that went so smoothly. I didn't have to come in and help you get things moving. Like your body just did the thing because you kept sinking back into it. And so like, just knowing that it'll be whatever it's meant to be, but there's no like answer that's like, oh, this is how you do it. You don't need to know the how you just need to surrender. And just having someone hold space for you and look at you like, yes, it's a lot. I literally told her, I was like, this is a lot. And I was crying. And she was like, I know. And just like that, that, um, 
exchange of energy showed me like, okay, yeah, other women do this as well. And so if they can, why can't I? Mm, It's so interesting what you say about how she was just holding space for you to go through it without trying to fix it. And I think that comes Mm -hmm. back down to what you were saying earlier with your parenting technique and um, just allowing space for your baby to feel without trying to fix the emotion. Mm -hmm. I think that this is something that we could all probably take a page out of that book when we look at our relationships, whether you're a parent or not, Um, your relationship with yourself and holding space for yourself to feel things without trying to fix it. And the same Mm -hmm. thing with the people that you care about. And one thing I'd love to ask before we round out the session, um, I know that so much of what you've talked about, I think you've been able to find so much grace and strength and courage within your spirituality. And I would love to just hear a little bit more around like how your spirituality has developed and if you think that that was a major touchstone for you in being able to move every move through everything the way that you did because I think Mm -hmm. with your story it's something that really could have gone one of two ways um Mm -hmm. and the way that it's gone for you has been much more beautiful than I think the other direction that it could have gone in so Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. your thoughts around that Yeah. So one thing that really, really always helps me through is looking back and realizing the universe has never given me something that I wasn't strong enough to handle. Um, And I think that a massive part of why we're going through whatever it is that we're going through, even though there's things that happen to us that we don't deserve, um, you know, it's, it's tough to understand sometimes why do bad things happen to good people? And if everything happens for a reason, like, what did I do to deserve this? But I genuinely think that we go through what we go through in order to help others do the same. And so I very quickly after realizing and having it hit me that I was about to be a single mom, just let it sink in how many single moms I was going to help now throughout my life. And that maybe that was always my path. And so trusting that, like looking back and going, okay, like the universe didn't give me this for no reason. I'm meant to go through this for, for whatever it is. And even my midwife who she was a single mom at, at only a little bit older than I was with her first daughter. Um, And she, even while I was still with my partner and I was like, oh, this won't be my story, but I still like hearing her. She would tell me about when she would like travel with her daughter when she was like three years old and she would have her little kit on the plane with her stuff in it. And her daughter would have her little kit with her stuff in it. And I was like, wow, that's so incredible. And now I'm like, okay my daughter's going to be free one day and we're going to be on a plane and, you know, she did it so I can do it. Um, And just knowing like whatever the story is that you're experiencing, it's your story for a reason. Um, So that always really helped me. And another thing that really helped me was I always had this resistance to meditation, resistance to just dropping in and being, I always had to be doing or thinking um, or thinking about doing things. And I, just had this resistance to the silence and the stillness of meditation because I, it made me uncomfortable and I didn't think that I could fully sink into that. And when I was pregnant, I just realized like that life that's flowing through you, the life force energy that you want to tap into by focusing on your breath and meditation by, you know, just living consciously and being so aware of the spirit that's all around us, the energy that's all around us. I could tap into it so beautifully 
when I could literally put my hand on my stomach while meditating and feel life force energy of this little life growing in there and then realizing I could apply that to anything, whether you're pregnant or not, that life force energy is flowing through you. And so it really helped me tap into the idea that like all of these things are happening for us, that we, I didn't have to tell my body how to grow this baby. I didn't have to think about if she was getting enough nutrients from the placenta in the womb, like it just all happened. And if that's all happening, then imagine what else can all be happening. Um, we were designed to live fully. We were designed to get the most out of this life and really embrace the flow of it all and not try to interrupt that and just let it be. Um, so let it be was another song slash phrase that just really helped me through all of it. The pregnancy, the birth, um, motherhood. When she's crying, I sing, let it be. It's going to be her favorite song one day. Um, so it's just really allowed me to kind of sink more fully into life itself. That's so amazing. Um, I think that there's so much that you touched on there and it's so important to really be able to sink into these things that allow you to feel really grounded. So that is wonderful. I really appreciate you sharing that with us today. And um, in terms of you know, what makes you feel empowered? What are the things that allow you to feel empowered in your life? And um, what would you like to share with the world that might be empowering for other people to listen to if they are listening and resonating with your story? Ooh, that could go so many ways. Um, I think just really my daughter, like looking at her, I'm like, wow, I'm I don't know it's it's just this deep level of this little soul has so much love and admiration for me even when I feel like I'm not doing enough or I did something wrong or I'm you know not giving her enough attention like she's just gazing up at me with so much love and so that's so empowering to know that I'm setting an example every single day for this little soul of how to keep going um but also other women and like our our business community even um, just women being there for each other and sisters supporting sisters. It's just been so incredible um, surrounding myself with people like that. And whether it's business or not, like surrounding yourself with people that you resonate with on social media, creating little groups where you can all talk about whatever it is that you need to get off your chest, like just having community. That's really just what this call is going to keep coming back to is community, especially during this year um, when we've really needed it more than anything because we don't necessarily have it in person. Social media is such a beautiful world if you allow it to be. Um, following people with similar beliefs to me, like I, the Cat O'Connor on Instagram, like I said, um, and other people out there that are talking about the things that I just talked about today, filling my Instagram feed with like stories like this and beliefs like this rather than things that drain me has been so empowering as well. Um, there's, I wanted to mention before I forget, there's a documentary that just came out called Birth Time, um, all about what I was talking about with like medical interventions and the way that people like women are losing their power around birth and how we can reclaim it. Um, and right now it's only, it's an Australian documentary. It's only been being shown at like private screenings. Um, and there's some around Australia. I know right now a lot of theaters in the world are not open, but when I go back to Canada this summer, if anyone listening is in Ontario, 
I really want to book out a theater and host a screening of that. Um, that's the way that it's being distributed right now. It's not available to watch online, but I think it will be at some point. And that's something that I'm really wanting to hold space for women to go and see, no matter how many screenings I have to host, if, if there's like too many people that want to see it, we need to book out another theater. I just really want to get this documentary circulating. So you can go and watch the trailer for that actually at birthtime.world. And it just looks so incredible. It, it gave me goosebumps watching the trailer, just hearing these women talk about their births that kind of felt like they had slipped away from them and that all of a sudden they're just in this situation. Like, how did I get here? And why did I not have control over my own birth? And when it comes down to, as I was speaking about before, really knowing your rights around birth and knowing that it's your birth. Um, it's something that a lot of women go into maybe not being fully prepared to know all of that. And I think that this documentary is gonna be incredible for really changing and shifting that narrative. That's so amazing. I will definitely link that in the show notes for anyone listening who would like to check it out. And um, before we get off, I have two more questions for you today. So the first one is, for anyone listening that really resonates with your story and is just really wanting to connect with you, whether that's through learning more about your work and how you've been able to support your lifestyle or um, just connecting mom to mom, where can they find you and how can they connect with you? Sorry, I was muted. I'm trying to get happy in the wrap. Um, so I am at Char Emily K on Instagram. So C H A R E M I L Y K. Um, reach out to me there. Let me know that you came through this podcast, and I'm more than ha- happy to hold space for you, chat through any of this, answer any questions, especially around pregnancy, birth, motherhood. It's my biggest passion. Um, so you're welcome to come and connect there. That's probably the best space. Um, whether it's business-related questions or motherhood. Amazing. Thank you so much for that, Shara. I will definitely link your Instagram in the show notes as well. And the last question I have for you today is um, something I actually love to ask all of my guests, which is, what is something that you're doing right now that lights up your soul? That's also loaded because... There's so many different ways I could go with it. Um, my beautiful friend, Aubrey, who I mentioned, we're running a workshop together that's coming up all about empowering women. Um, motherhood is probably the biggest thing I'm doing right now that's lighting up my soul because I feel like I'm learning new elements of it every second. Um, and really getting back into singing more. I've had some throat chakra stuff coming up lately, whether it's from Um, being in situations where I maybe wasn't able to voice what was going on or whether it's not singing enough but I'm healing my throat chakra by doing a heck of a lot of singing and that's been bringing me a lot of joy as well amazing thank you so much for sharing your soul with us today Shar, and sharing with us all of your experiences and your thoughts it's been so beautiful connecting and i know that there are probably so many people who are listening today that have just taken so much from your insights and your wisdom so thank you so much for popping on it was a lovely conversation and i'm sure our listeners appreciated it as well Thank you so much for having me, Jez. It was such a beautiful conversation. And I just want to thank you for holding space. Um, This is the first podcast episode that I've done since having her. Uh, So it'll be so beautiful to be able to look back and kind of 
I feel like there's so much to pregnancy, birth, everything that sometimes it can feel like, where do I even start with talking about it all? So thank you for starting the conversation of just getting all of these thoughts out there. And um, it's just such a beautiful topic that I could go on and on about forever. So I'm happy to chat more about any of this at some point. I also, if you do go follow me on Instagram, did some IGTVs, um, some Q and A's following the birth um, about like what we did with her placenta and um, breastfeeding and bed sharing and that type of stuff. So there's lots of stuff on there as well as the her birth video and some pregnancy stuff as well. Absolutely amazing. I feel so honored to have been able to be the first one to have this conversation with you over a podcast that is so beautiful. And yeah, I can tell you're just so, so passionate about all of this stuff, which is so amazing. It really shines through in the way that you talk about it all. So I will be sure to link your Instagram up for anybody that wants to connect with you. And again, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you. It was so beautiful talking to you. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and tuning into this podcast. It truly means the world to have individuals that are interested in all of these topics and willing to support small businesses like mine. This is an independently run podcast, so the more people that are spreading the word, the better. If you can take some time to give this a five-star review, share it on social media, or send it to a friend that you think would love this podcast, it would mean the absolute world. And if you're interested in connecting with more like-hearted individuals, please feel free to head over to the Facebook group called the Soulful Sessions Podcast Community. You can simply type in in the search bar on Facebook and join the group. Here we will be continuing to add value to your life and connection. Until next time.